Hello, I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Now, my guest today is an editor who's been described by one interviewer as an utter legend and also inspirational. Now, I'm going to declare an interest here. I'm one of her columnists, but I can promise it wasn't me who said that, but I can, though, confirm it to be true. Because with Country and Townhouse, Lucy Clayland has developed and delivered a magazine with meaning, which has earned its reputation as diverse, beautifully presented, and essential. It was also another editor, the legendary media mogul Tina Brown, who said that a magazine, a relevant one, should be a sound, not an echo. And for Lucy, that's loud and clear. Her magazine is carefully curated with inspirations for the love of life, while her reading list is topped by ideas on how food can save the world. Lucy, welcome to Changemakers. That is absolutely the aim of the magazine. I think we've had a column since since we launched in 2007 um, called The Good Life. And that idea has actually developed over the years as, as businesses do. They keep changing, they keep morphing. But that utter belief that we've come up with a new strapline, in fact, it, it is a life in balance. And that is the good, the bad, the rough, the smooth, the country, the town, everything that, that resonates and makes our lives as humans better is what we're all about. Mm, I mean, a life in balance. I mean, that's what um, that, that feels like the search, doesn't it? I mean, and, and we were just saying before we, we came on, on air is that um, this goes right the way back in history, this search for the good life. I mean, when in terms of your sort of um, observation quest for it, you sit at a really interesting juncture in terms of editing a magazine. And so hearing lots of interesting thoughts. Notice that um, Caroline Steele's book, Cytopia, How Food Can Save the World, um, is your favourite read. Um, is this, is, is it more about more things in moderation? What, what are the things that you're picking up about what a life in balance actually means? It's interesting, as, as, as you referenced, as we had our little chat before, it, it, it does go back to, to time immemorial and, and especially actually, well, the, the Roman times. You know, if you think about Roman life, it was very much in balance. It was very much you did your kind of business in the city and you had your culture in the city. But, but the country was just as important for your leisure time and your, and your relating back to nature. And so country and townhouse, although it kind of seems, I don't know, some people might presume from the title that it's very much um, a title based on you have to have enough money to have both of these things, but it's not at all. It's more a philosophy of joining those two things, however it may be, whether it's your garden or even your balcony or your local park or going for a walk in the country or going to a pub in the country. It, it, it's, it's mixing the two fluidly because humans absolutely need both of those things. They need culture mm. and they need nature. And that is what makes us human. I mean, and nature before 2020 seems to have been the junior partner in, in that equation. But my goodness, this year, it really does um come has come back i mean in and our appreciation of it i mean some people are calling this the the great reset the the rethink if you like i mean is that how you see it are, are we changing in our relationship or, or is that somewhat overstated i think we are changing i think you know though those are obviously there's 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 a divide those who have the privilege to change obviously lots of people don't have that but if, if it can be a groundswell that we need to relate more to our environments, and that's a good environment. So when it comes to city building and planning, we have to bring the nature inside and we have to think about where our food comes come from and where our food is grown. And, and then getting people outside into, into nature is just absolutely critical. So all the books I'm talking about, 
whether it's um, in our weekly newsletters or on our podcast, it, so much of it is relating to how we're going to be balancing our minds better of what we eat, where we go, how we spend our time with our children, with our families, outside. It's, it's, it's all really exciting. And actually lockdown gave us that real focus to be able to really curate the content very much towards that going forward. You made a, a pledge recently that, that 25% of your content would reflect the ways we should learn to live, whether that's brands we buy, how we consume things, the, the way the way we travel. Is that because you want to be part of the change as well as just commenting on it? I want to I want to live that change. I I it it's what interests me as a as a person as well as an editor. Um, and so it drives what I'm I'm um, commissioning and who so we we We've just um, launching for the next issue, Lisa Granger, who's a who's the Lux um, Times deputy editor. She's starting a new sustainability page um, in the magazine. I'm talking to people all the time about um, interviews about about the way we live. So everything is informing what I'm doing on a curation platform um, because I'm just so in, enthralled by it, and it's the way we should all be looking at things. And do you get the sense that? that your readership is is picking up on this i mean is is this is this as well as being a signal is this also about reacting to changes you're seeing more right more widely amongst readers i think so i think you know gone are those days of 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 just purchasing mindlessly i think in lockdown we we couldn't actually do it so so it did let us all have a bit of breathing space and, and keeping up with the Joneses, it, that, that all went. So much disappeared. And I think people's eyes were open to, why are we doing this? What is our, what is our need to consume? I think, I think you know, we are, we are creatures of habit and we have a need to keep, to keep going and keep growing. But, but I think we've been doing it in fundamentally a wrong way. So let's, let's not, let's put the kind of greed for product aside and then, put the greed for good things and culture and time with family it, instead and then our then our bodies and our minds are nourished rather than just kind of the you know that top level stuff of buying something just that makes you feel good however it you know I'm not saying don't buy anything because it does make you feel good well and also because I mean a lot of people will be listening to this thinking well but this is a magazine which is also about wonderful things that that you can buy I mean and so I suppose it, it, is this back to a life in balance then in terms of the, the message about our relationship with consumption and our relationship with the planet my goodness yes look we are creators we need to we need to make things we need to use our hands and we need we need things of beauty that's what sets us apart from being a, a pure animal so I, I hopefully I present beautiful things in the magazine, but but they're they have longevity, they're they're made with thoughtfulness, they're someone's whole business. You know, we have to support humankind as part of nature, not not aside from it. So absolutely I want to present a case for 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 buying things, but buying with conscience. I mean, it's interesting because the the interview that um, we're airing alongside you this week is with Edeline Lee, the, um, the fashion designer. And a lot of what she was talking about was that she really felt that the sign of true luxury was about things that were built to last, things that were designed to last, things that actually would be in fashion 
in a kind of timeless and eternal way. But but I, I guess reflecting very much this view that actually, you know, beauty, things that we respond to need to have something maybe a bit less transactional and a little less permanent or a bit a little more permanent in terms of the way that we respond to them. Definitely. And that that's 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 definitely showing in the in the in the fashion arena, which is one of the biggest industries that that is absolutely waking up to this huge need to change. And in the magazine, I, I never demanded the new, the new, the new. And, and that sounds very odd for an editor to say that because so many editors, they won't have anything unless it's brand new, because what are they saying? But I'm about, you know, why do you always have to have the new? Whereas something that's beautiful, well-made, has as much value, even more so, than, than this constant barrage of keeping up with everything. And I've never subscribed to that. So the magazine was never, if you wanted to be the newest, coolest kid on the block, you were not coming to Country and Townhouse. You come to Country and Townhouse for, for, for longevity. I mean, I, I obviously I'm, I'm signed up in the sense that I, I write for you. And um, so, as you know, in terms of what drew me to the magazine was that I think so many glossy mags are, are all filler, no killer, if you know what I mean, in the sense that the, you'll flick through them without wanting to dwell on the page where it feels almost like Country Townhouse. You've tried to do the exact opposite with that, which is to make sure that that the pages have meaning and the pages have connection. Is, is that the strategy? I think so. I think, again, it's a, it's a balance, isn't it? So I think a lot of people do flick through magazines and actually the most powerful bits you might take from a magazine are those really short little paragraphs that has an idea that, that lets you, oh, that's exciting. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and look this up or I'm going to go over here or, or that sparked another idea. It's not necessarily these long reads that might demand the attention. You know, that's all very well if you've got half an hour on a train or in the bath. But I love to fill those pages with little nuggets that let you go, wow, I'd, I'd never seen that before. I didn't think of that. So let's talk about those wow nuggets, because I agree. I mean, the, the page draws you into lots of things that you could take away, learn more, do more with. I mean, but if you were looking at this year, this this extraordinary year in, in, in our lives, in, in terms of those nuggets, those trends, those ideas that are driving 2020, what's in, what's out? Oh, goodness me. So I said to my team, right, for travel, we're not going to ever go and get on a plane and we're not going to go for 48 hours to Paris. That's just not going to happen. We are going to concentrate on the UK, what we can do in the UK, what can we what we can do responsibly in the UK. So tra travel is a huge thing that we that we've focused on obviously <laughs> saying that we, we, we can't go to Paris either. And it's not to, to, to denigrate travel per se, but it's to look closer to home and to enjoy what's on our doorstep. Because if we don't find enjoyment where we are, what's the point, eh? Hmm. I mean, I mean do, you, do you get a sense that our relationship with the UK is changing? I mean, I mean, I mean so many of us just want to hop on a plane and just get anywhere else but Britain. But I, I think the magazine is making the case that this is a pretty cool country with a lot of really, really fantastic things going on. There really are, especially when it comes to, to food and creativity. You know, we are, we are a great nation and we are currently reinventing ourselves. And if you look, you know, there's some incredible hotels popping up all over the place and camping, glamping, loads of things you can, you can do within, within an hour of your doorstep, guaranteed. It's, it's not all about jumping on a plane. And, you know, 
if you've got family and kids, they're just happy to be running outside um, wherever they are. So I think I think we can we can all enjoy our country way way more than we do. And how sustainable is that? I mean, do, do you get the sense that you know the minute there's a vaccine, we'll all be hopping on planes and you know we'll be back to business as normal, or do, or do you think there's something something really has changed this time? I think again, I think you know it's it's a personal choice, and that there'll be a divide. But I think long term, there will be. If you want to go on board, you're really going to think about it, and you're really going to think about where you're going to go and what impact you're going to have and what you're going to learn, because travel is again really important for humans. But for the for those holidays that you might just have a few days, I think I think definitely the UK will see a huge rise in people staying at home, just for the simple fact of of getting on a plane. It's it, it's it's not going to say it hold the same joy anymore as it once did. So. We might be more mindful in our choices. What about what are we learning, or what are you learning? I mean, as, as an entrepreneur as well as an editor, um, about yourself in twenty twenty. I mean, I mean, in many respects, Country and Townhouse is born out of the financial crisis in in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. In terms of a very very difficult time for the economy again. What does Lucy, the entrepreneur, find that she's drawing on in terms of? herself and her attitude so you know when when lockdown happened um we we could have fallen totally off a cliff we shut the print print business because advertising revenues just fell off a cliff but we actually in fact as entrepreneurs we managed to raise funds during lockdown which was quite a stressful period as well as keeping that the online side of the business going we brought on a mentor so I've been working I, it was an actual gift of, of, of two to three months where we really examined everything we were doing in the business and completely reformulated everything and have done it, it's funny when you start a business so, so much of it is 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 instinct and and you keep going and you're you're desperate and um every every month is like right right we just got to keep going but that those three months gave us the time to to look back and look forward and go what were we doing well and think and have headspace which is an incredible um joy that that, that we took from that so we have we have everything targeted for the for the four years ahead and we have a really solid plan and that gives us a good story when we're talking to clients, investors, and editorial as well. We, 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 we. I feel we've come together at last, almost twelve years later. And a big, I mean, a big shift into the digital space. Um, much more multimedia, podcasts, um, great content online. I mean, do you do you think that? Um, I mean, is this just going to be that? The first steps to an ever more digital experience, um, in the way that I guess not only country and townhouse is going, but I, I guess just everything now is is feels to be inexorably moving. I mean, what what will our relationship with with print be? Print. Uh, I, I'm afraid I'm that old fashioned girl who will always say, print will never die. It is, it is the epitome of kind of of publishing luxury. Um, you, you feel it, you, you relate to it. I, I never relate to a website as you do to a, to something you can hold. And you can see the passion that's on the page. 
and it and it sits around and it's shared and it's thumbed and it's and it you can refer back to it. Um, digital doesn't have that 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 loyalty, I don't think. That said, from our digital perspective, we're all about building our community. So whoever we talk to, whether it's in the magazine, on our podcast, online, newsletter, we're all about who are we talking to? Are we delivering you the things you want to hear and the things we think you want to hear, which is where my job comes in. And, and that to me is spreading this message about culture, eating, children, family, good food. And I suppose it's, I suppose everything, as you say, a life in balance. I mean, I, I spent so, so long sort of thinking that I didn't want to sort of listen to audio books because somehow I felt that it was sort of like cheating from not reading. And yet now I listen to them and I, I read and I feel that you get different things from different formats in, 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 in our relationship with it. Absolutely. I'm the same. Audiobooks are so useful, especially when you're doing gardening or going for a run and then a book you might read before you go to bed. I think we've got to stop beating each other, you know, beating ourselves up about what is the right thing. Whatever works for you is the right thing. Well, whatever works. I mean, just before we lose the books, I mean, Cytopia, How Food Can Save the World. I mean, I mean, diet is a very important part of your personal life, um, isn't it? In terms of your, your relationship with, with, with food and exercise. Food, if you, and I, I bang on to everyone about this book. Um, my friend Thomasina Myers, who runs the Oaxaca chain, um, recommended it to me. I read it, I stalked the author online and I said, please, I've got to interview you. So I spent three hours with her in her flat talking about her book. And it's just a, a ramble through the history of food and why it's so important. And, uh, and the crux of the matter is food is everything. Without food, we don't exist. It's not the same to say, you know, we don't exist without politics or without Brexit or without all these things. Without food, we fundamentally can't live. So how that food is treated and how we get it and how it feeds us and how it gives us our nutrition is, is absolutely core to everything we do. Hmm. So it's an extraordinary book. Well, it's it's on it's on the list. I mean, you know, you touched on something there that just made me think. Actually, you know, you had the time with the author, and as an editor, you get the chance to meet some extraordinary people um, and have a really privileged vantage point in terms of these great life experiences that you can draw down on. How do you think they've affected you as you as you've grown as an editor over the years in terms of this this great access to? amazing people's stories it, it is the biggest privilege of my job I still feel though as I'm sure many do you know that you're a great pretender and this is not real life and I'm not in a room with this person or I haven't just asked Arizona Muse to write her manifesto on what she would do if she were prime minister it it, it, it you get some pinch me moments but also you come to realize that people are people and while they have a lot more kind of gloss and sheen to them out there, that they they've still got some wonderful things to say. And, and when you can sit in a room with them, and relate to them, and get on with them, I it, there's there's nothing better. And then share that experience through the writing or through the curation of your content with with others. That is, you know, that is my job, and I'm I'm very privileged to be able to do it. And I don't take it for granted at all. But also, it's 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 not particularly a world. 
I would feel comfortable in myself. I'm a very much, I'm very much a country and townhouse girl, but on a very kind of low level in that I love, I live in town, I go to the country a lot, but I am not about huge houses and big parties. I'm very, I'm very modest. I'm very, um, very quite low key. Well, well, let's talk about that that Loki for a moment because l- let me read you something. Sometimes you only know when you're going when you've got there. Be open to the ride. Your tip for life. Yeah, that's that's you know that's the joy of I think everyone has of, of growing older. I have absolutely no fear at all as I age. I, I'm I'm 45 now, and I wouldn't go back to my 20s if you're you... a mere youngster. That's... Okay, okay. <laughs> I am a Miyata. However, the, the the knowledge you gain, of obviously, as you as you as you age, is is only for the better. And I wouldn't go back to being a kid. If- but I, but I see this this sort of real sort of journey for you in terms of you know be, actually being open to the ride. You know, you 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 create a magazine um, which in the early days speaks to property. It speaks to um, very much the bricks and mortar. Um, of the places that you could live. I think today's country and townhouse is about how you can live. Um, is, is that a fair is that a fair sort of I, I guess reflection of the journey in terms of the things that really interest you now? That's a really nice observation. And that is, yeah, that is me growing up. That is is me starting a magazine at the age of 28, um, or however old I was, a bit older. Um very much driven by right how many pages of property can we get in this month to actually this is a way of life I, I'm coming to live it more and more I've had my children um, I, I'm choosing how I spend my time very carefully because running a business having a family as as we know you have to be quite um, quite careful about how you allot your time so I, I think that the, the magazine has grown up as I've grown up and my values are changing. As we go and with what you're experiencing. And I, I guess, you know, to sort of finish with a question which relates to your lockdown tracks, which um, which uh, are posted alongside this interview. But um, Taylor Swift, soon you'll get better. Does that um, does that speak to an innate positivity and optimism I mean is that is that the sense that actually tomorrow could be a better day it has it it has a multi-layered meaning um my nine-year-old daughter is a Taylor Swift obsessive so we listen to her albums a lot Uh, and she wrote that song um uh for people kind of waiting doctor surgeries etc so it resonated about the whole obviously coronavirus um, it's a very, very beautiful song. My husband sings it really beautifully. It makes me cry when I hear it. And it's it's a very, very tender moment between between people who who can be strangers or not. There's a lot, there's a lot we can all do to help each other get better. And I hope the magazine does that in a very, very small way that that people can pick it up and feel better about themselves and the world around them. I don't want to cast gloom and doom about. I'm not about that at all. There's enough of that out there already. What a lovely place to end it. Lucy, thank you so much for joining me um, on Changemakers today. Not not least because it's great to have my editor on the show. Um, and I think <laughs> you've provided this episode with more than a view or two on the secrets of life and how you can live a good one. 
And I guess in closing, I was looking at, at quotes around the good life and I was drawn to these very beautiful words from Bertrand Russell, who said that the good life is one inspired by love and guided by knowledge. Join me next time for Changemakers. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Audio Boom, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed it, why not give us a rating? Changemakers, find your mission.